Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Jennifer. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Well, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite things that we use to make our homeschooling easier. But before we get into that, I want to know what's been going on with y'all since we last talked. Jennifer? Well, we've been very busy at my house. Uh, we have a new grandbaby. Our first Ooh, granddaughter yay. was born two weeks ago. Uh, she's doing great. My daughter's doing great. They're all doing really well. And then, of course, in a house full of, you know, eight kids, I've had all these other things going on, too, as well as, like, one of my daughters left for college today. She was home for the summer, and she just left. Another son, adult son, just moved out to a new apartment. So all of those things happening at one time. And in the meantime, trying to soak up the last of the summer with my teenagers and go out to the river and stuff. So it's been busy I and know. crazy, but great. <laughs> Why were you so close to me? And I didn't know. Uh, I know. Week. I love it there. Do you guys go there? I have Does never been, but it's on my list. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, so I got to go. And yeah, it's free. So well, that's my, my, speed. I know. <laughs> and free parking. Yeah. Oh, one of my sons goes there all the time. Loves yeah. That. It's Loves a fun spot. Uh, how about you, Melody? Anything exciting happening over there? Well, yes, we had our orientation at the classical prep school and uh, one of the moms had suddenly realized that she's been listening to our podcast all along and that the Melody mm -hmm. in the podcast was actually me. <laughs> that oh, I was how her fun. Teacher and yeah. came up to tell me that. And so that was really fun. And we had a quick chat about, you know, the the different ways that she had been helped by the podcast it was really nice I to connect that. with the listener face to face aside from my kids you know who listen but <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun and so I, we're all geared up and this week my printer's been all over time getting things ready mm -hmm. for the for this school and all the kids we have 24 this year with you know I have two other teachers of so the three of us and when do you I think guys it is start every year Monday on the 22nd. Wow. So all, almost there. So it's, like, it's crunch time. It's like, oh, if yeah. things were going to get done, they got to get done now or we'll flex and get them done the next week. But <laughs> you'll just uh, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they don't have the lesson plan, so they don't know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I always this found that comforting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and then, you know, in the beginning, and I guess this applies to homeschool too, but in the beginning, any kind of a, a classroom or group situation, you have to set up all the, all the new people have to know how things flow, what's the routine yeah. and where do I put my backpack and where do I put my lunch and where do we keep our water bottles and I need name tags for everybody at the beginning because that's a lot. We have some kiddos with the same name. I've got to make sure mm -hmm. I get the right names with the right faces and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great year. The beginning is always so exciting, I think. It yeah. is fun. Talking about beginnings, um, we started back to our homeschooling on Monday. Uh, my son is in fourth grade. Yay. I had I had dithered about a little bit about when we were going to start back because we had a few things hanging over us from third grade that weren't completely done. Normally, we would have finished them up in June, but mm -hmm. June actually started... Well, it started on May 31st because my church had vacation Bible school really early this year. It started on May 31st mm -hmm. and June was just jam packed. Um, so I was like, yeah, no worries. We'll catch up in July. And then July we had COVID. <laughs> and then at the end of the month, 
my middle son had some health issues. He came to stay with us for a week and I ferried him to appointments. So then we, we got into, into August and I was like, okay, uh, what do I do about starting the new school year? But I decided, you know, just to go ahead and jump in and the couple of weeks of math that we had to finish up, I'm just using it as a review basically because my curriculum um, is scheduled for 30 weeks and I do a 36 week school year. So I thought, mm -hmm. oh, it's no big. We'll finish the last three weeks of the uh, third grade math and we'll yeah. have plenty of time to do the fourth grade. So we started on Monday and so far it's gone pretty well. Great. Um, but I do have, I have a, a boy who's almost 10 wow. and not a, not a baby, not a little kid anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because he, he wants to be both and he knows he's getting older. Mm -hmm. So he wants some agency. I had to get after him about some things. And he said, I don't need to be supervised for that, which he does. And then um, there was another thing where he needed to do something and he's uh, and it was uh, working on his attitude and, and some things he needed to do. And he said, well, I'm still learning. I'm just a kid. And I'm like, mm. and mm. smart enough to try to use both those arguments. I've seen that before. Not going to work. So, so it's your yeah. first trip around the mountain. Yeah, yeah, it's rough on those young ones and big families. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're heading into those uh, hormonally charged years, I think. Yeah. And I'm I'm just buckling up. <laughs> I think a lot of people are in the same boat. You know, it's a new year, and they're gathering things together. And I thought it would be fun for those of us um, who've been in this for a while to share our favorite things that we've used for educating our kids, for organizing, you know, and all those different areas that make mm -hmm. our lives as homeschooling parents go better. So the first thing I always think about um, with homeschooling, and I think we are all this way, is what are we using to teach those kids? Um, my desk is piled high with curriculum right now. <laughs> oh, I saw your picture that you posted. Oh, yeah, that's just his stuff for this year and it, it wasn't actually complete there are a few things that are on the way but yeah it, it's a famous thing in the Ambleside online world that you pile up all your books they call it the book stack but sometimes it's so tall it's kind of like uh, <laughs> you know, very unstable <laughs> so I it. Uh, yeah and so let's talk about the things we've used or are using over the years that are our favorites. Jennifer, why don't you tell us some things about your favorite teaching materials? Well, so, you know, we unschool. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't, I don't use a lot of curriculum and things like that. So my, my, actually my favorite teaching materials are all just internet resources. And really uh, YouTube has been amazing for everything. Like uh, anything the kids want to learn, like let's see what's on YouTube. And we watch videos or learn my, some of them are taking algebra with YouTube channels right now. Um, and consistently uh, YouTube has been one of our best teaching materials all along for every subject. And it's simple and free and, you know, you can access it. So it's it's my up on the top of my list. Do you have a way that um, you evaluate YouTube resources before you decide to use them? So I, well, if I want to use it for a particular thing, I'll go watch it before I present it to the kids. And I use it for co-op materials too. So I always watch it first. And then I just decide if it's, you know, relevant and, and done in a way that the kids can understand and appreciate it. But 
for my kids on their own, I don't actually monitor their YouTube. So I'm not watching what they're watching all the time, but I, I feel like I get a lot of feedback from my kids on it. So if they're watching something that's of interest or they're learning something about it, they come and tell me all about it. Frequently, they'll tell me about something they've watched and then I go watch it because it sounds so interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So if it's if it's an important topic to me or if it's something that I'm trying to teach to the kids or to a co-op class, then I definitely watch. I, I hunt for the materials myself, watch them myself and find the ones that suit us best. Um, and then the other, you know, the rest of the time, the kids are kind of on their own to find what they want on YouTube as well. Do you have any particular YouTube channels that you found oh like gosh. you go to all the time? Oh, that's rough. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're all over the place, really. Um, just anything, especially science-based things on YouTube are great. Being able to watch people do experiments, you know, on videos and then recreate them at home has been amazing. But no, yeah. I don't think I don't have a particular one that we follow all the time because we're just jumping around and finding ones that that we're interested in. Sure. That makes sense. Like, um, I do have, uh, we like Joe, the body coach on YouTube. He's, Mm -hmm. um, a physical education guy and he gears his, um, channel, that channel to kids. And so, uh, we, I was like, Oh, I love this guy, you know, like, so I, I do have some favorite people. Well, Melody, what about you and your, your favorite teaching materials? What makes your life easier? (laughs) The bulk of our homeschooling was pre-internet, if you can imagine. (laughs) And so most of the things that I am, that makes my favorite list are books. We had a lot of favorite books. Of course, I did have favorite curriculum. Like I'm really fond of Konos because we use that for ideas for our unit studies and that's still around. And then I really like Mequon for math with Cuisinier rods. And so everybody started off at the lower levels or the early elementary levels with those for manipulatives. And I just saw such great math understanding come from Mm -hmm. that, that I continued that on with everybody. Once I found them, probably with the first kiddos, we were just using, you know, beans or lentils or sticks or rocks or whatever. We did a lot of hands. (laughs) That sounds so Stone Age. I'm telling you, like we are very low tech. We're just very low tech around here. And we Even... get the dark ages. You're in the stone age. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. Uh, or seashells or, or marbles or army guys or Lego men. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah, but that was a but lot of chocolate. They do. That's good for subtraction problems. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have still done things like that. But then I also liked other things like Draw Right Now was a big favorite for those early writers. and because there were art combined with the writing and I liked mm-hmm. handwriting without tears for mm-hmm. handwriting, which I found because one of my sons just does not like, it may, you reminded of him the other day when you said you didn't like using a pencil because mm-hmm. it's a tactile issue and he just hated using the pencil. And so it's like, all right, you still need to form your letters correctly. Um, and his handwriting actually looks a lot like his father's, but I couldn't read that chicken scratch. So we had to work (laughs) on forming your letters so that other people would know Mm -hmm. what you were writing. And uh, handwriting without tears came out about that time. And it was wonderful for him. Super short lessons, like they're writing one or two letters following a, you know, a model and not writing 
copying their own scratchy stuff. And so that became a favorite because it was just super short. We actually practiced writing on other things that were important to them, but we had that brief little tiny short lesson on correct letter formation, mm -hmm. which went a long way. His write, his handwriting became quite legible and stayed that way until he, you know, what didn't have to produce stuff from mom anymore. And now his <laughs> handwriting looks like his dad. <laughs> oh, those apples yeah, don't fall far, do they? <laughs> oh my goodness. They, no, they sure don't. And, did I already mention easy grammar? I think that's my favorite. No, but grammar. I was going to sing its praises too. Right. Just we waited on that. We informally talked about, you know, naming words and action words and descriptive words. And they learned that they were nouns and verbs and pronouns and adjectives and everything up to them. But we didn't do anything formal until easy grammar in about seventh, sixth or seventh grade, if you're doing it grade wise. And that was one of those, we went through that program and they grasped it. And then we just used that information the rest of the time. So we weren't always having to do grammar and I loved it. So I'm, I'm still a big fan. And Oh yeah. Well, it's, my son is using it now. We started it last year and um, I love that it's a prepositional approach. So I think maybe not Jennifer, but I'm pretty sure Melody that you grew up diagramming sentences which I, I did too yeah. did you too okay I never did I never oh, did wow <laughs> wow well I, no. that's totally opposite of what I would expect it but you know and and I, I could diagram sentences quite well but I didn't enjoy it and when I found easy grammar I thought oh my gosh it was like you know the clouds part of the sun shone out and, uh, you know everything was beautiful and I've used it for all of my kids and it mm -hmm. It fits in really well with my Charlotte Mason short lesson aesthetic. Um, okay. You know, it's small bite-sized amounts of stuff to do and mm -hmm. they learn it quite easily. So I, I highly recommend Easy Grammar. It's the only grammar program I've used in my, um, you know, like a million years of homeschooling. And I think it's important, you know, the handwriting without tears. Um, I love your testimony about that. We use a reason for handwriting and again, it's it's short. You don't make a child do this whole long right. laborious page. Like your hand is tired. Especially with handwriting, mm -hmm. right? Young kids don't have the hand strength to just be sitting there writing, you know, that mm -hmm. many things. So my son, every day he's got a short thing. He writes a capital and lowercase letter. And then he writes several different words. And by the end of the week, he has a verse that he's gonna copy on this sheet and he gets to choose uh, from a selection of them. They have different pictures and then he colors it in and he can send it to his grandmother. Um, she goes by Nana and the kids call her Nanny. So he, he can color it and he can use his best penmanship and send it to Nanny and she loves them and they mm -hmm. stay on her refrigerator for a very long time. <laughs> so nice. um, it's got kind of a goal at the end of it. You know, you, you work yeah. hard and then you get to do this fun thing and you can send it to somebody. We've liked it. It's been a very gentle handwriting program. In the past, we used um, the Getty Dubé Italic series, um, which I would love to do for my own self. One of my children did it. But the reason for handwriting it really gets my vote. It's, and it's affordable. 
too, which I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned about how it has small lessons, little bitty steps each day, because in the beginning, a lot of people new to homeschooling want to do so much and we right. wear our kids out. It's like just too much a time few, on it. yes, a few letters at a time, because then you practice it throughout the week. It's not like it's mm -hmm. the only right. time you're going to visit how to write an, an M, but then they do. And then when you send your work to someone, a person, and it's on their refrigerator, you know, that's really mm -hmm. a, a perk. It's, it's like, it's validating. It's yeah. Validating. Thank you. Validates yeah. Your work. Yeah. I was also going to put in a plug for Matthew C. I am, didn't start with Matthew C, but it, it has been for my family, the best math curriculum. Um, we started with a Becca, which is mm -hmm. a very solid curriculum. But I ran into kids who learned differently, and Abeka was frustrating to them. So um, I went to Matthew C because it has uh, a variety of ways you can teach the lesson. And it teaches the teacher how to teach the lesson, which mm -hmm. a lot of math curriculums aren't that good at teaching the teacher. With Matthew C, you have a video that you as the teacher can watch and get that concept down. Then you, you have manipulatives you work with the student on. And again, these are short lessons. I don't think any of the pages, especially in the elementary years, have more than 20 problems. And so it's a real reasonable amount of work to mm -hmm. do. And we can we can do it. He's usually done within 20 minutes, 30 minutes, if he's dawdling. And my kids all use Matthew C. And several of them have been to college and they they also took, you know, some other supplemental math instruction. But I think it gave them a solid base. So we love Matthew C. over here. For history at my house, it was always documentaries and reading books and reading biographies of people and things like that. So there was never one particular thing that, that covered it for us. But we have talked about this a little bit before, but maps were a big part of our learning. So one of my favorite things for history and geography and social studies and culture studies is uh, having a you know giant world map on the wall. And it really was a conversation starter for us throughout the years. Oh, same here. We always had a map somewhere in the house. Mm -hmm. And when we would hear about things, we would go and find that place on the map and make sure we knew where the people lived that were in the news story or whatever was going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess this is not history, but one of our favorite map resources was Visualize World Geography because it has, in order to find the places, we've talked about this before, it, it makes like a mental picture with the surrounding countries. So you can remember the shape of that country mm -hmm. and where it is in the world. And that went a long way further than just locations. And, and then it, we were interested in knowing a little bit more about the people there. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I'm with you. We used a lot of documentaries. We would always, if Ken, if a Ken Burns documentary came on PBS, <laughs> we were watching yeah. it. And, <laughs> um, and then with Konos, we were just using living books from the library as our mm -hmm as for our history and for science, but we read a lot of, you know, historical fiction, but then we would balance that with some history book. I never really found a history book that was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of a, a history, like a history curriculum. They're all, yeah. mm -hmm. they're all really, they're kind of encyclopedia, like where you get little right. bites and you don't right. have the whole thing. Um, one of the things we've used that I have absolutely adored are the Genevieve Foster books. Um, like oh, Abraham yeah. Lincoln's world, Julius Caesar's Washington's world, world yeah. George Washington's we world. Those. those 
Yeah, those have been, uh, we've been using them a lot in our, in our studies. And we've also used kind of history and geography together, the hauling sea hauling books like Paddle to the Sea, mm-hmm. Seabird, The Tree and the Trail, Men of the Mississippi. Uh, these are really beautiful books and you can buy maps to go with them from Beautiful Feet. We've been combining, I don't think it, it's not easy to take history and geography and separate them because no, not at all. Mm-hmm. History happens in places. I think it's great to learn history from uh, various sources too. I think that mm-hmm. the reason we're not saying one thing was great for history is because you do need to pull in all these sources from different places and to get a good picture of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so whenever we're reading our our history stories, uh, we are constantly going to the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have yes. we have a a really nice globe. So we get the globe out. We've got a world map and we've got um, several books of world atlases that we use. So I guess we can't just recommend one thing, but there's tons and tons <laughs> of great biographies. You can learn so much about history. So that's teacher materials, things that help us teach. What about materials that are for your students that are kind of, they're not your teaching materials, but they're things that you found that are helpful to your students. I have a very basic one and it's my favorite thing for teaching and for students and for homeschooling all together is a Ticonderoga pencil. Oh, that's ah. okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Ticonderoga. Just, yep. And, and I buy the black ones. So they look different from other pencils that are in the drawer. Um, they're the best. They are sometimes I hide them from my kids because they are the best. Yes. <laughs> they are or not the cheapest. But a good pencil, it makes a big difference at my house anyways. And along with that, a good plug-in electric pencil sharpener. We have mm-hmm. used it so much in my house over the years. Um, and just having it having it available all the time has been great. So <laughs> I know that those are pretty basic supplies, but uh, having the right ones that you can keep using <laughs> and don't keep breaking, are, it's, it's great. When you sharpen a Ticonderoga pencil, you don't get splinters. Right. And that actually holds together. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't fall out. Of course, we've had to have lessons about don't drop the pencils, you break the lead inside. (laughs) But I think that the graphite in there is stronger somehow. Uh, But we do love those pencils. Mm -hmm. And we do have some favorite erasers also. I don't like erasers that leave color on the paper. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, Polymer type erasers, I guess. And I actually have Mm -hmm. the white ones. And I actually have a favorite eraser stick. Like it has a little click down stick, which I buy from Miller Pads and Papers. And my, I have a really artistic, well, a lot of my children are artistic. So they would want to erase small things. Mm -hmm. Most Mm -hmm. erasers are big and clunky. And we found this amazing little click eraser and it clicks down and just erase just the so is it you like want. the end of a pencil is it like that size or uh no it's smaller it's much oh. smaller it's like the um, I, I can't think of anything at the moment that's <laughs> that size but it's like a really small you know like maybe a f- two millimeters or mm, a little bit more, not very big at all so it has a barrel and it just clicks down I've seen wider ones but kind of like something you might find in the artist section of a of a craft store but um, that pencils erasers and we were huge on reams and reams of plain paper yeah because my kids drew all over the yes and they stapled them together and made their own books Mm -hmm. you know so we just paper and construction paper and those were those were big 
didn't have a lot of other kind of art supplies other than here's paper, here's pencils, pens, Crayola crayons. Oh, yes. <laughs> Always. They, actually, <laughs> they just work really well. We've had a lot of, we use everything, but those were great. And then markers, I'm not a huge fan of markers, but I did have them using markers because you get that great big bold mark without a lot of pressure. So if you have someone learning, you just have to have a lot of, you know, please mark only on the paper that mom gave you, mm -hmm. not just everything anywhere. I would yeah, have to say, in addition to uh, those great pencils, you know, Prismacolor art pencils. Oh, those are nice. Yeah. They're so nice. And sometimes I know people are reticent about spending money on good materials, mm -hmm. but you're going to spend a lot more money on bad materials. Yes, especially art supplies. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. and and watercolor paper, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can paint with watercolors on plain paper, but you're yeah. not going to get a satisfying result. And so yeah. sometimes if your children are not happy with the art they're creating, it might be because your materials are not as good as they could be. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're not experiencing the results they're hoping to experience. So I would say, you know, be willing to spend that money because I haven't bought any Prismacolor pencils in a long time. They last so well. They're good quality, right? Mm -hmm. I will say if you get Prismacolor pencils, buy the Prismacolor pencil sharpener. Do not run those through your mm -hmm. electric, electric pencil sharpener. <laughs> it's, that's just, oh, that's heartbreaking. Um, the other thing I, I like to have, especially in the lower elementary grades, is a small whiteboard and some yes. dry erase markers. So Whiteboard's that on uh, my list. Yeah, so that your child can, you know, write some math problems that they're working on or whatever. Yeah. They get, you know, it gives them something that they can work out things on, practicing yeah. letters on a paper bef on that before they do it on the paper. And when your kids get older and they need to organize their materials, you know, you need to be willing to spend some good money on a good notebook. Yeah. And there's lots of different kinds of notebooks. Somebody, um, HR mom on Facebook was showing a notebook the other day that's very different and it's recommended for ADHD kids. Um, so be, be aware that when you're buying student materials like notebooks, there are some that are actually better for kids with ADHD than mm -hmm. for kids who, um, you know, aren't experiencing those challenges. I was fascinated by this idea. Just be willing to spend the money for some yeah. student materials. I agree. On the whiteboard thing, we've had a giant whiteboard, like four foot by six foot whiteboard hanging on a wall in our house for years and years. And it, it is one of my favorite things. The kids, you know, of course they draw silly pictures on it, write notes on it and things like that. But we've gone through periods where we'll like put up a word problem on there and just leave it and let people solve it, you know, or a big math equation and it just sits there and people work on it. So we've just used it to kind of interact in academic ways that aren't formal, but everybody sees the whiteboard. So they kind of participate in it. I've also used the giant whiteboard to make a giant wall calendar many times <laughs> over the years. Right. So that's a, a great tool for kids and for the teaching. Another thing I would say that I, I've had for years and I love it, is a bulletin board. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted a big one, and they are very expensive. So I bought, yeah, I bought two smaller ones, and I put them together with my uh, middle son's help. Mm -hmm. and, and then I covered it with some background paper, so it looks like a giant bulletin board. And in the early elementary years, we used it as a place to uh, have calendar time. And we would uh, we talk about the weather and, and other things like that. Now, uh, my son 
can just go to the regular calendar and look at the calendar and figure out things like that. So we're going to morph that bulletin board into something else. But even up into high school, a bulletin board can be a really useful tool. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. My daughter has one, has had one in her room by her desk. So it just held whatever was current for the moment, and it would get swapped out pretty frequently. Um, Yeah, it can be a tool for the student or the teacher. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this actually falls, but having a good printer is very important. It's kind of teaching oh, and, yeah. and student materials, but yeah. uh, through all the years, a, a good printer. Right now, I have a horrible printer. It oh, causes no. a lot of frustration. Oh, no. <laughs> That's probably uh, but, why it's on your mind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I do have a love-hate relationship with all printers. Um, but, uh, yeah, a good printer uh, that can copy also is great to have from the very beginning. We used it a lot when they were young, you know, just to keep copying their, their out of textbooks and out of uh, curriculum books and things like that so that we could borrow things from the library. I would often just, you know, copy pages at home that we wanted to use. But it's been it's been used around the clock from the very beginning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have an Epson Workforce uh, mm-hmm. Pro that I really like. I use it for my work. And then I use it for printing out things for school. I see a lot of people talking on homeschool groups about the EcoTank, which I think is an Epson product. Okay. I I haven't used that one, but a lot of people really like that one. So you might check into into that that. one. Maybe maybe (laughs) you can fall in love with the printer. (laughs) Along those same lines, uh, a laminator was one of my best friends when I had little guys all over the place. Because I would laminate, like if they were tracing letters or things like that, I laminated a lot of materials and used uh, dry erase markers so that we could just keep reusing the things over and over. Different kids could work on them. It makes things peanut butter and jelly proof too. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do love a laminator. And then you, you can just keep, they stay looking fresh for the yes. younger, you know, we, we kept our materials and did a lot mm-hmm. of the same things over and over again. And yeah. if you can't laminate it, those things look pretty ragged and then you have to spend time remaking them right. or re- getting new ones. Yeah. I, I've never been a big laminator person, but you know what I do like are sheet protectors. Yes, and I use them all the time. Yeah, I use them in my uh, in my teaching notebook. We learn a new hymn every month and a new folk song. And some of these Ambleside online moms, they like get all excited in Canva and they make these beautiful backgrounds. And I'm like, I don't need to reinvent the wheel, (laughs) but I want them to to last, you know. So I'll put them in a sheet protector. and sometimes I don't worry about protecting them like that. And I just use my three hole punch. So that's another thing. So I guess we couldn't figure out, you know, all our teaching materials. In the right. But, but, um, but kids use those too yes. know, to organize their things. So sheet protectors and a three hole punch, those are really useful for teachers and students mm-hmm. too. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we get back, we'll discuss organization, home management, and our favorite apps. School's back in session, and for parents of teenagers, it's time to start building your transcript. Whether senior or freshman, it's never too early to make a high school transcript. College admissions, scholarship and grant programs, and even advancement in the workforce all need a transcript. But how do you get one of your own? It's easy. What you're going to do is head straight to www.transcriptmaker.com and use their 14-day free trial to give their app a test drive. 
You'll see how easy it is to use with an intuitive user interface and an expert helpline if you have any trouble. Transcript Maker is leagues better than a desk full of scratch paper and hours of laborious calculation. Your GPA will appear on your transcript like magic. All you do is input the courses and grades and the rest is done for you. And with Transcript Maker's cloud storage, you can access and edit your transcript anywhere and anytime. But here's the best news. August 23rd through September 30th, you can save 40% off your Transcript Maker subscription by using the promo code FALL22. That's F-A-L-L-2-2 in all caps. Don't wait another minute. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we talked about our favorite teacher and student materials. And in this section, we're going to talk about organization, household management, and our favorite apps. But it's kind of funny. Um, we're all excited because here in Texas, we're getting rain and we've been in a drought. Um, the only one who's not excited is my little dog. He can hear the thunder and he's climbed up into my lap. And he's shaking like a leaf. So if anybody hears Aww. any rattling, it's it's my little dog, Watson, and his collar. <laughs> okay, so um, when we're homeschooling, it uh, requires a lot of stuff. And a lot yes. of stuff requires a place to put it. Yes. So yeah. let's talk about organization. What are your favorite ways or favorite items to use to organize all your homeschooling paraphernalia? Bookshelves. I was going <laughs> to. I know it's so simple one. too, but I always tell people at the beginning, you need more bookshelves. You need more shelving in your house somewhere that you don't have right now. Mm-hmm. Because you will have supplies and books and curriculum and projects and all kinds of things. And you're right. You need a place for it. Uh, bookshelves are your friend. You need shelves in every single room of your house. <laughs> That is no joke. (laughs) And you want to, I always categorized our shelves, like all the history books were on a shelf or a section and all the science books were together. And Mm -hmm. then we had, you know, literature together and fiction by, you know, little kid stuff and older. But if you, if you want to find those books, you've got to have some (laughs) kind of categories. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm figuring out now in our new space is like, okay, this shelf won't fit here so where does it go and then where am I going to put those books yeah I um, I also suggest that you want you want your shelves out in the open where the kids can see them and where you can mm -hmm. you know grab a book when you want it and it's just available to everybody in the house all the time well you mean not everyone decorates their home with bookshelves (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah I definitely do Oh, oh my goodness the only room in the house where I don't have a bookshelf is the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. You have there, a little there, shelf in there with books. <laughs> I, well, I do have a little shelf in there. It's not a bookshelf. And, and, and I do currently have a book on the corner of the tub. But the other thing I would say that I have found very handy are those little plastic organizer carts. They're like little rolling carts or they're even little yes. standalone mm-hmm. um, plastic organizer drawers that you can put on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. those and the Dollar Tree is my friend, even though they've gone to a dollar 25. I like the little, yeah, the little little storage containers, the little fabric ones that fold Mm -hmm. open. 
I have those on a bookshelf um, in the entryway of my home, and we have put all of the outdoor things like the bug catchers and the binoculars and mm-hmm. um, in another little bin are all the Frisbees and the baseballs and the baseball gloves, yeah. all that miscellaneous. In my laundry room, I have the drawers and we have the crayons and the pencils and the paint and the glue sticks and the mm-hmm. glue guns. And I mean, before I had these items way back when I first started homeschooling, I wasted so much time trying to go and get my materials. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people are like, Oh, I don't want to be that organized, but um, you know, you need to value your own time. It helps a lot later. And it helps Mm -hmm. a lot because so much time is wasted. And then when you're not organized, your students get distracted and you lose them. Mm -hmm. So having you want to be able to just grab the things when you Mm -hmm. need it. Yeah, and also yeah. materials out in the open that the kids can see. Yeah. They're kind of enticing. So I used to trick my kids into reading things by getting, like, I'd get some interesting books out of the library, and I'd leave them lying on the yeah, coffee table. absolutely. Mm-hmm. No words said. They'd be like, hey, I read this cool book. Yeah. Really? Tell me about it. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. the materials are, are in the open, like Jen said, you know, your kids will just gravitate to them right. much more easily. Oh, they than do. Hidden they'll in browse your shelves, they'll find a book they hadn't read before. And, you know, we the saying about not judging a book by its cover, but still, the more interesting the cover, they do grab it yeah, off the shelf yeah. and look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I found my oldest daughter just start reading all the classics because they were there on the shelf. And it's at the house at the time. The dining room was like wall, one wall was bookshelves. I love so that dining room, by the way. That was the only good thing about that house. (laughs) (laughs) We walked past it all the time. And so Mm -hmm. we we pulled those books off the shelf constantly. And not just reading material, but science books came off. And even history books or just Mm -hmm. books of random information. um, They came off and they were looking for them. And the other thing I don't want to forget to mention, because you talked about those awesome little organizer drawers is labeling things so I I should have said that a label maker was one of my favorite teacher tools because then everybody can put the glue sticks where all the glue goes Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. the pencils and crayons you know everybody anybody even your visitors and your guests where to put things because it's labeled and um, Mm -hmm. that was one of the most helpful time-saving things I did we always did that too I I think we're talking from being from big families (laughs) probably Probably. yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah, labeling was important when I only had two kids when I added a third kid I was like I'm gonna get snowed under if I don't gain some new skills And and also I would say in your in your quest for organization, be willing to do something unusual. So um, in my living room, I have a a small closet. Most people have a small closet in their living room. It's supposed to be for you know storing your coats. Mm-hmm. Like you could store your coat in your own closet. I have used my <laughs> coat closets for other types of organization. Mm-hmm. Or um, in the house we lived in in Austin, it had a very small closet in the kitchen dining area I think it was supposed to be a pantry um, and I put a, a little cabinet in it that was for the pantry but then on top of it I put my organizer drawers so that I could store the art materials and things we were going to use yeah. 
Don't let yeah, your house we used to have several kind of, of our kitchen cabinets used to be art supply cabinets. So we, yeah. we had extra cabinets and it was a great place for it because every it was so accessible to everyone there and a great place to make messes since it was in the kitchen area. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. This isn't something I've done myself, but I was talking to some friends about us doing this episode and asking them, you know, what things they've loved. And I have a friend that also has a lot of kids. And she uses one of those AV carts, you know, like from school. Oh, nice. And because her kids are all doing school, they're not very formal. So they do school wherever they want in the house. And so she has all of her teacher supplies and her computer is on top of it. Um, her laptop is on top and everything she needs to help one of her kids or work with one of her students, she has on the cart. So she can just roll it around her house to the next kid in the other room or wherever she needs to go. I thought that was brilliant. That is that brilliant. Is and then when cool she's done idea. at the end of the day, she can roll it somewhere. Park it away. It's And it's all there in one spot. Yeah. Nice. I mm -hmm. love that. One of the things that turned out to be really helpful for us was those plastic file boxes that have a lid and they latch and you can carry mm -hmm. them off. But we used them to organize everybody's, all their school materials were in one of those plastic file boxes. So we could, everything went back in there at the end of the day, or if we wanted to pick up and go, they just grabbed their box. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the times, I think before I found those, we might've been using a crate similar to a milk crate, but not that big. Mm -hmm. uh, but everybody's materials, everybody had their stuff all together. So it could come out, move around the house with them. Everything could go back in. And then those crates had a place on our bookshelves where we could put stuff away at the end of the day. And that was so helpful because if it, yeah, you know, if you have more than you can fit in a crate, I think that was Mary James that used to say that you probably have too Maybe much that too you're much. trying to get mm -hmm. to do. But I'm like one of my daughters has a similar idea on their shelves, which are more open. She's got a decorative kind of a wicker basket for each one or it might be fabric basket. Same kind of idea. I bet I, I know which daughter that is. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so everything goes in there and it's accessible because it's right there by the table. But it can be put away and things look tidy at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. then also like the kids know where their stuff is. Yeah. So nobody's hunting down there their you know spelling spiral or whatever mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. goes back in there it's just a way to stream like make the best use of your time don't waste time looking for pencils mm -hmm. and things like that I wanted them to be as independent as possible yes mm -hmm. they knew how to get things out and they knew how to put things back and the beauty of those uh, a lot of those plastic drawers is you can easily take the whole drawer out so if it's the drawer mm -hmm. that's full of crayons or markers you can take it out, set it in the middle of the table. Everybody can right. use what they need. And then it goes right back in. I will say that in the beginning of my homeschool journey, I was rather impoverished. Um, and I didn't have the money to uh, buy a lot of these organizers. Mm -hmm. So what I what I did do was I looked around and, um, and noticed, you know, I had some things that I could repurpose. So um, I had always had a baby for a number of years. And we had diaper boxes, which are very mm -hmm. sturdy. Great. So I, yeah, I got some contact paper and covered some boxes to use as storage mm. and that worked really well. I also, I have no uh, shame about glancing at the piles people leave on the, um, the street for the trash collector. And recently um, we were in Austin where my in-laws live and somebody had put out a rolling cart uh, mm -hmm. with drawers. And I, I was what? like, I got to check that out. What's, <laughs> what could be wrong with it? There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was, oh, wow. And I, yeah. and I brought it home and cleaned it. And my son has it under our kitchen table. We have mm -hmm. a, a built-in kitchen table that's kind of like a low bar. 
and it slides right under there and he can keep his he's got a, a little video camera he's got his switch he's got his pencils mm-hmm. and things he's got drawers for all of that and his nice his junk is contained yeah and i was like oh my gosh this is the best thing ever so you know also use your creative thinking cap and mm-hmm. you know you might have stuff in your house already that you can repurpose right. to help organize if you spent all your money on curriculum this year and you still need to get organized <laughs> we made good use of those plastic peanut butter jars to hold game pieces and you mm-hmm. know different marbles and dominoes and all kinds of things we just had a, a tote tray and all those plastic peanut butter jars lined up in there and so all those things that have little bitty parts Basically, they were free because we had a lot of peanut butter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're always throwing away great containers. You know, how many of us have gotten a box? Something came in a box. You're like, this is a really nice box. What can I do with it? It's too nice to throw away. My kids you know, those, can tell you when we move, they're like, Mom, why are you keeping these boxes? <laughs> like, they're great. I might use them. Yeah. Something. You will but, use but them. Yeah. We, yes. we all have these things already around us. So, you yeah. know, we can save some of our dollars, keep things out of the landfill and get organized. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything better than that. So we're organized. That's cool. We got great student and teacher materials, but we had to run the house. This was my biggest surprise when I started homeschooling. It was like I got a whole new full-time job. But mm-hmm. my other job as a household manager didn't go away. <laughs> you know? I mean, right? Can we all can we all relate to that? So now I only have one child right now and I had five in a pod mm-hmm. together before. And I have to say that some of the skills I learned in managing with a household of five kids, I still use because I don't know why, but one kid still I still need that much organization. <laughs> So um, let's share our favorite things that we use for household management. So like, you know, to get the chores done, get dinner on the table, get where we need to go, that kind of stuff. So Jen, start us off. I feel like I'm a mess on this one. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, calendars we've discussed before, but that's my big thing is schedules uh, with, you know, the calendar, the shared Google calendar, the wall calendar. And and then as far as, you know, chores and stuff goes, uh, it's just having the list available for everyone to see what they're supposed to be doing. It's on the fridge. You know, it says this is your job, but I'm not good. I'm not good about getting it all done every day. And I know I'm not alone in that. <laughs> Oh, Um. no. I think somebody (laughs) said one time that um, you can have two out of three things that you hit every day. So Mm -hmm. like for me, my my things are get school done, get work done, get some exercise. I never hit three on a day. Uh Uh It just doesn't happen. And I've resigned myself to that fact. So if I get, you know, so the the rotation is which two am I going to hit today? And then that whatever got missed, (laughs) that's that's on the list next. I think uh, that's I where coming, having a routine comes in handy yeah. because you're more mm-hmm. likely to get more things done. And we would generally get them all done, maybe not all the way to completion, but we would hit the high points and get them done because we had a routine and there was a place mm-hmm. in the day when that activity belonged. And then that's my favorite, my <laughs> right, you got to have a routine. <laughs> then my favorite thing that we ever did that we, once we figured this out was job rings, like our chores are jobs, jobs are good. Dad has a job. Everybody has a job. Mm-hmm. So we had cards, a just index card with the job or whatever you were supposed to be doing. I mean, even the school day was kind of meshed in there on one of those little, they were hole punched in the corner and they were on a ring and the kids could mm-hmm. just flip through and do the 
do the next thing. I said that mm-hmm. a bajillion times, go do the next thing. And it was already <laughs> yeah. like kind of arranged. Like, did you finish your math? Okay, go do the next thing. They could flip that card over and see what came next. And so uh-huh. because it was on a ring that could open, I could swap out their jobs. I would let them That's keep a, a job in the, like somebody would be in charge of the kitchen for a little bit of time. So then they could get really good at that job mm-hmm. and find little shortcuts and know all the things to do. And then we would swap around and trade around and somebody you know somebody was in charge of the bathroom somebody was in charge of the kitchen everybody was in charge of their bedrooms and my kids shared a room so they just had to be all hands on deck but mm-hmm. having a having a routine was probably the the lifesaver for us and the job cards they were such a favorite we had them all the way through up until just recently when my daughter got mm-hmm. to her she things became so much of a habit they didn't need the cards anymore yes. and mm-hmm. you see them about six things like oh yeah I already knew what to do and so mm-hmm. that was my training tool and it helped me and it helped them and they all hung on a hook so I could see what everybody was supposedly doing at any given time <laughs> so, yeah I think the best thing for our household management is to have some kind of a regular rhythm to your day we don't do things uh, like by times of the day because sometimes mm-hmm. the time of the day that we get up is different from one day to another. Yeah. But when we get up, there are things that occur in a certain order. We have breakfast, we feed the pets, we're taking care of some stray cats that I guess we've been feeding a while now, so maybe they're not strays <laughs> anymore. Um, um, you know, we, uh, my son has to put away the dishes, take out the recycling. He, he has certain chores. But within household management, so we, we all have to do certain things, right? You got to vacuum. You probably want to you know, wash your floors or something, having good tools. Yeah. Having good (laughs) tools is key. So I didn't get my floors mopped as often as I would like for the longest time. And I was always, you know, beating myself up about it. Like I should do this more often until I got a steam mop. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, Oh, I can find (laughs) it's quick. And so I mop my floors almost weekly now. And I no longer feel like I'm really falling down this job. Our feet are dirty because the floor's You know, having a good vacuum cleaner. Having okay, we, we have a Roomba. Oh, uh, nice. It vacuums at night. I love it. <laughs> I never vacuum. <laughs> I highly recommend it. My daughter has one. Well, she's had several and she gives them names. Does yours have mm-hmm. a name? Yes. Yes, it does. It's Trixie. Mm-hmm. Oh, how cute is that? <laughs> Trixie yells at us often. She has problems oh. all the time, but it's okay. She's worth it. <laughs> Did you know there are automated lawnmowers and floor mops? No, I haven't seen those. Mm-mm. Yeah, I worked for a lady that had a floor mop and a and a Roomba that mm-hmm. she, um, I cleaned her house like I did a real good clean for her every week. But when I wasn't mm-hmm. there, the Roomba chased her dogs around to pick up their hair. Yes. And, <laughs> and she had the, the robot floor mop. <laughs> You know, I resisted having a dishwasher for a long time until I finally realized, you know, I'm wasting my own time. Now, I don't still don't like dishwashers that much, especially for my glassware. It makes them get cloudy and then I'm really unhappy with it. Mm -hmm. But it's useful and time saving. Mm -hmm. You know, the dishwasher is another good tool. I love my crock pots because I don't have time to stand over the stove. I love to set up a meal and forget about it. So those are, when I think of home management, I think of that kind of stuff, yeah. household management and figuring out a routine. Like we, I do laundry every Thursday. I do it on Thursday because I don't want to do chores on the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, mm-hmm. so my husband and my son know you better have all your laundry in the laundry room on by Thursday morning or your clothes will be dirty and you'll suffer. 
with your dirty hands. <laughs> <laughs> I just be wearing dirty clothes. But yeah, having a routine, different tasks for different days, it just helps. Then you know, like, oh, I need to take care of that. Mm-hmm. When Tuesday comes around, that'll be my day. I water on Wednesday, just little yeah. things like that. Paperwork day is Friday because I don't want stuff stacked around all weekend. Yeah. And- it frees up your brain power. You know, uh, you don't have to keep thinking like, oh, it's oh, it's Wednesday. What should I do today? If you already have some things in place, even if you're a busy person and you water on Wednesday, you know, you're like, oh, sometime today I'm going to water my plants and you'll fit it in. Whereas if you don't have a plan, you know, you'd be like, when did I water the plants last? Oh, was it? And, you know, your plants are shriveled up and dying or <laughs> they're overwatered because you couldn't remember. So you watered them every day. That's a real simple <laughs> You know, simple thing. Like I always sit down and I make a, a menu or a plan of what the foods I'm going to make are mm-hmm. the coming week. Because honestly, in another hour when I have to feed my family, I don't want to be trying to figure it out. Yeah, and, and yeah, I didn't make a, a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't make a plan. So I like I know tomorrow's pizza because I always do pizza Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy because I already know what tomorrow's going to be. Today I got to figure it out. <laughs> I, I didn't do a good plan this week because I was in the, in the midst of school planning. Meal planning makes it much easier and quicker to go grocery shopping, too, because yes. you know what you need. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to make your meals, you have everything you need mm-hmm. for that recipe if you're using a recipe. Like, I had a friend one tell me that it would be impossible to make a meal plan, and I don't know why, but. <laughs> <laughs> Did she go she to the store resistant. every day? I am not sure. I never figured it out what she, what her deal was, but that was, that was something that made our life easier. So I was, oh, yeah. I feel like online grocery shopping has been huge oh, for my family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. It saves time and so money. Time. too. Mm-hmm. It gets, not... opens up a whole day for us when I'm not at the store for hours. That's awesome. Well, then you can also like do your other errands and then swing by the grocery store mm-hmm. on the way home and then you're done. So because you can hardly get in and out of there in less than an hour, 45 minutes no. if it's a small store. But you just have to walk through the whole thing and get all the things. And <laughs> mm-hmm. that has been really nice. And then the yes. other thing is, like, there are no impulse items. Because no, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. So I use Walmart delivery, and I really, really like it. They don't upcharge their groceries, yeah, yeah. which I, I think is great. But um, at the end of the shopping trip in the Walmart, you know, online, it says, hey, you've bought these things before. Did you oh, want them? Oh, you want these? And yeah. sometimes I'm like, well, yes. Yes, I do. Thank you for that help. They're finding um, a way to get that impulse buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The only downside to um, picking up, you know, your, your grocery orders or having them delivered is you don't get to go check out the clearance rack. Yeah. And I will tell you that sometimes, like one time I I walked into H-E-B and I always go to the clearance rack. H-E-B is the best grocery store in the world for our listeners who aren't from Texas. (laughs) If you come to Texas, you need to go to H-E-B just for fun. Yeah, it's kind of like come to Texas, go to Bucky's gas station. But anyway, (laughs) um, they had had their own brand of coffee, this big bag, which is normally like $18.98. Marked down to five. I don't know why, but it couldn't get in my cart fast enough. And you do miss out on those things if you don't go into the store. But it's small price to pay for convenience. But this kind of goes with household management is that, you know, if we're going to go out, we make the most of that trip. So uh, Mm on the day that my son goes to parkour, if I need anything, if I have a packaged mail, whatever, that all happens as soon as he's done with his parkour lesson. And similarly, on the way home from church, I will do my grocery shopping that day. I'm going to pass the store. Right. So, um, you know, and he'll say a lot of times because he doesn't like to go grocery shopping. Can't you just take me home first? I'm like, no, yeah. because because that <laughs> adds forth, like no. another 25 <laughs> minutes to take you home. No, mm-hmm. you're going to 
you're going to do, I said, I don't like to be in the store either. We have to do things we don't want to do. Let's just have a good attitude about it, get it done. So there's a lesson in that too. But um, household management is really, you know, more about finding tools that make it easier and getting a plan together. Every family is going to be different. You know, we eat dinner kind of late at night. Some people eat dinner on the spot at five every day. Just figure out what works for your family and then kind of create a routine for that. This brings us to apps. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with apps because my <laughs> phone screen, it's like three, I guess swipe over three times like oh, to find it. It's, it's insane. But they do often make our lives easier. So how have apps helped you in your homeschool, Jennifer? So my favorite apps for homeschooling are the Libby app, which is the library app. So it's called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. And it's, you put your um, library card into it, into the app, and then you check out books on it from the, your local library. So but, are they physical books or they're? No, no, no. They're no, download. They're, they oh, have okay. audi- audio and digital books. And it's just checking it out from the library and you get it for two or three weeks and then you return it or you can renew it. Just like oh, using right. the library, but it's all online. Yeah. It's great. Right. It's a great it is great because those books will return themselves. And then yes, you they know. do. Oh, you don't get a fine for late fees. <laughs> Never <books>. any late fees. <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you use any of the calendar apps or anything like that? Well, I know you, Holly, use your Google Calendar all I the time. I use Google Calendar oh, as well. Okay. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's so helpful. Right now, I have a reminder. <laughs> so um, my son likes to do... Um, the healthy kids running series and I need to register him by August 28th. So I set up a reminder that tells me like four times a day, go make sure you go register him. Um, and it will just keep telling me until mm-hmm. that date. So, uh, <laughs> and it, I, I said, I set up reminders for everything in the calendar and I invite my husband to everything we're doing. So he doesn't anywhere. He doesn't say, have to say what, what's going on today. He just opens up the calendar and he's like, Oh, yeah. you guys are doing this or that. That's okay, cool. Yeah, and, and it shows you if you double book yourself, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> because um, sometimes we can agree to things. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. And then you realize, oh, I can't actually <laughs> do that. So, yeah, it's super helpful. I have an app that allows me to control my son's switch. Oh. Which I think it's great. That's it's good. Uh, yeah, That's it's good. the Nintendo Switch parental control app. And I can set up how much time he can use on a daily basis. Um, I can see how much time he's used. He doesn't know the password to get in. Mm-hmm. So I have to unlock it for him to use it. So I'll see if he's tried. He's always trying to figure out my passwords, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, and, and Messenger Kids. I love that app. Yeah, I don't um, use that because my kids are older. Like but yeah, I have friends using it and they really like it. Yeah, it's really great. So I I am not a proponent of getting kids phones. I have an, maybe an unpopular opinion, but mm-hmm. adults all around them have phones and I don't see why they need one. I know there are circumstances where people need them, but for us, he doesn't need one. But I have a tablet and I have messenger kids on the tablet and on my phone and he can call his friends that are on his approved list and just talk mm-hmm. to them. And he they can send each other pictures and stuff and, and they can make plans. Let's play, you know, Roblox at this time or mm-hmm. or whatever and his older sister um, she got it and he can talk to her she'll sometimes call him and then my phone doesn't have to be involved I'm like this is great yeah. um, so I love the messenger kids app it's really fun and I can see what all their conversations are right. so every so often I'll say to my friend so has you know uh, 
have you been seeing the kids chats recently? And she'll be like, oh, I probably don't look at it as much as I should. And then we'll just, oh, yeah. we'll have a little conversation about something that they may have said or done just so we can help them navigate their social interactions a little mm -hmm. bit better. You know, somebody got hurt feelings or somebody was excluded, right. you know, things like that. So I, I love messenger kids and I love the fetch app and there's one similar to it. The name eludes me at the moment, but it's a, it's an app where you can scan your receipts. You can scan your, oh, wow. um, your things that you purchased online. Uh, like I, it'll pull my Amazon receipts. But um, what I love about this is that you get points on every receipt that you scan. And recently I was able to get myself a $25 Amazon gift card. Nice. That's great. Just because I, you know, buy uh, food. Scan in your receipts. Is that like, yeah. is that like I bought a, or? Yeah, it's like Ibotta or there's another similar one. They all are those kind of rewards apps where you can earn points for your the stuff you're buying already. And I don't know anybody who wouldn't like $25 or $30 right. or $50. Yeah. And, and you can get all kinds of gift cards. Um, I like Amazon because I buy a lot of stuff off of Amazon. So I use my yes. points for Amazon. <laughs> But yeah, I like that because as homeschool families, we, we're spending money all the time on stuff. It'd be, it's mm -hmm. nice to get something back. I have a favorite one for We travel a lot and we're always uh, doing outdoor camping and things like that. Uh, there's an app called Star Walk 2. Oh. Um, and it's a star viewing app. It's so cool. Oh. You guys should just check it out in your backyard. When you open it up, it if you point your camera towards the sky, it shows you exactly what you're looking at. Uh, it will show you all the constellations you're looking at and you can move it around and it, you know, follows exactly at that moment what's in the sky. Um, you can zoom in on it and it'll give you all the information about what you're looking at. It's just nice. a super cool app to use when you're out looking at stars or out in nature at night at all. Those work in the daytime or the nighttime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they the do. I, had, and, I was like, that was really cool. Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, my kids are they're spoiled. They're outside a lot and they see things other people don't see and they don't realize how special it is all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but these, those types of apps really help, you know, make it, you know, more important and they, they become more interested in what it is they're actually looking at. Oh yeah. When, um, when we had that uh, lunar eclipse, we mm -hmm. had gotten the sky map out and uh, we were looking at different things on it. And then we looked up some information on the internet and my son got to stay up, you know, until, I don't know, it was like 1230 or something yeah. to see it. Um, yeah, that's really special. His mm -hmm. friend couldn't do that because I think she was still in school at the time. Mm -hmm. Another really uh, great app and an associated podcast that I really enjoy is the 1000 Hours Outside. Mm -hmm. um, you, mm -hmm. can, you can keep a log on that app of how much time you spent outside and what you did. And the podcast that spawned all of it is simply amazing. So the podcast is not an app and it's not just about outdoor stuff though. I was just listening to an episode a couple of days ago. I, was, I like to walk while my son does his parkour and it was about how um, families can be a safe refuge for kids who are not necessarily being bullied, um, but who are kind of excluded uh, mm -hmm. for one reason or another socially uh, in schools and in other areas. And, I was just like, wow, such a resource, uh, the people that she brings on for uh, for the interviews. But yeah, that's one of my favorite podcasts. You know, I we've moved further away. I used to just use when I would take a drive, I would just go online and find the podcast I wanted. 
recently I've started making use of the podcast app because I could quickly find the one I want and click it. You know, you're not supposed to be using your phone when you're driving. So I can mm-hmm. really quick get in, get the podcast loaded and then head off. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier with the podcast app than it was when I was going through Safari or whatever and find the website and find the podcast and lots of clicking. So the podcast app has made it easier to learn from everybody and find those podcasts I want to listen to. Because we're learning all the time. Yes. And this and yeah. podcasts are such a great learning tool. Especially if you have to drive half an hour to go anywhere. And it's like, I might as well. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I want to listen to music. Sometimes I want to hear what somebody has to say. So that's been fun. I've been able to, uh, like, I don't know if it loads them before I leave or whatever, but I'm not losing this podcast halfway mm-hmm. as I get further and further from civilization. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the mixed blessings of living out far, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Here at the end of our podcast, we sometimes find ourselves at the news desk where we discuss homeschooling news from around the country and around the world. Jennifer, what's our news item today? Well, today we're going to be talking about some dates that are coming up that are important for people who want to be taking standardized tests that are for college entrance exams. So for homeschoolers, these are things we're talking about, like the PSAT, the ACT, the SAT. Uh, you're not required to do these as homeschoolers, but a lot of people still want to take them and a lot of colleges still require them. So there are some dates that you need to register by and dates that we take the tests. Melody, let's talk about the SAT first. There's an SAT test coming up October the 1st. And if you're interested, you want to have your children registered for that by September the 2nd. And do you guys know where people actually go take the SAT? My kids didn't do the SAT, but I know people yeah. know college. Do you do you, it through um, a school? Mm-hmm. You contact your local high school. Um, when you register your child for the SAT, it's been a while, but I think there's a place where you can say that you're a homeschooler and it might even give you um, the information of the, the school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my, my middle daughter took it and she took it at the local high school and they had information like take two sharpened pencils and whatever, and what time you have to start and what time it's done. So there's some information and you can also okay. call the school if you're not real sure, um, and ask for the, the guidance counselor or someone who can tell you about when the SAT will be given. They right. have to allow homeschoolers to take it. Mm-hmm. So don't, and this is don't, the important one for college admission. For most colleges, this is the one that they accept or ask for. Mm-hmm. And it does does need to be done in October to be able to apply to colleges soon after. Right. Yeah. They they like you to get that stuff in there early. They do have a provision for late registration or um, or cancellation if you registered and something's come up. So that date is the 20th of September. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the SAT, and, and people hear that all the time. But there is another nationally standardized test that people take um, and submit their scores to, um, and that's the ACT. So mm-hmm. when is the ACT coming up? The test is coming up also in October at the end of the month. So October 22nd is when the test is. And the registration date deadline for that is September 16th. So that's also coming up pretty quickly. Yeah, they kind of come at you like, you know, fireballs. Yes. Yeah, they have a late registration date about it goes back to September 30th. But it's time time to start looking at that. Yeah. And if you register late, I think you have to pay extra. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're thinking that your kid might want to take it, um, now's the time. Also on um, those 
two websites. So College Board is the website for the SAT, and the website for the ACT is act.org. They have information for test prep and practices and things like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're just hearing about this and you're like, oh, my gosh, we're not ready, um, you can go to those websites and practice. Your kids can practice and sign Mm -hmm. up. um, And then they can take the the test, the next test date. And we'll try to keep you apprised of when those dates are as well. Mm -hmm. I'd also suggest if you are looking at colleges and you know what particular colleges your students looking at, that you find out what their testing requirements are before you go register. A lot of places have dropped SAT requirements. Um, and then some people, some places require ACT instead. So make sure you're, you're, you know, spending your time in the right place. Uh, mm-hmm. Check and see what's needed That's first. That's good advice. That is good advice. Yeah, because it's all going to cost you money and time. And so you want to use yeah. those to the best of your ability. Yeah. And you don't want to put your kids through a lot of testing either if you, if you don't have to, you know, if it's not something you need right now. Exactly. Um, Now, those are standardized tests for college entrance, but there is another standardized test associated with the SAT that can help your kids get um, college scholarships. So uh, let's talk about that, Melody. Okay, that one is the PSAT 10. I believe that's right. And then there's Mm -hmm. one that's connected with a National Merit Scholarship a qualifying test. And so if you're interested in looking into those scholarships, you want to find out about the deadlines and the test days for the PSAT slash NMSQT, because that's the one that's connected with scholarships. Primary test day, Wednesday, October 12th. The Saturday test day is October the 15th. Okay, so if you're interested in that, um, you'll want to make some plans for it. And again, that test is given at your local public school. Thanks everyone for joining us today. If you have any questions, comments, or homeschool news stories, email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram at instagram.com happyhomeschoolpod. Or reach out on Facebook. You can find our page and join our group anytime at facebook.com happyhomeschoolpod. I'm Holly. I'm Jennifer. I'm Melody. Happy Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Zerbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us. Melody, let's talk about the SAT first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <pulling> back up. <laughs> <laughs>